Welcome to the Fully Alive Man podcast. This is a podcast to help men become fully alive by doing life together. My name is Lee Rogers. I work for North Point Community Church. I get to work with men's groups. I truly believe, and the reason we have this podcast is because there's more for us as men. And to experience the more in life that there is for us, um, we need to do life with other men. We need to do life in groups, in relationships. And it's important, and that's what we do. As always, I am here with my helpmate, my Ezer Connecto, Doug Hurley, ladies and gentlemen. Leeward. Good afternoon. <laughs> Fantastic. I feel like um, I'm surprised we haven't used Lee word before, but I'm glad you did now. Sounds yeah. wonderful. I actually got that from from Kurt, yeah. who's sitting here. That yeah. Thank you for that, because I'm, I'm running out of creative names when you got to come up with a new one. Podcasts, I wonder how long can Doug go <laughs> before he has to just start making it's up a, Lee words? It's a good question. It's a great Lee question. Yeah. Um, and Lee word was the word <laughs> yeah, today. Um, this is a part two. If if you haven't heard part one, it would probably help to go back and listen just to get some context and hear um, Kurt's amazing story of how um, he's gotten to where he is today. We'll, we'll recap just a little bit by way of introduction, but we are talking about, um, as Christian men, moving from um, a Christian man being a noun um, to being a verb. I'm talking about the idea of... of as a man and as a follower of Jesus, taking steps, engaging. Uh, Bob Goff says, love does. Love has a, an action associated with it at all times. But Doug, will you reintroduce Kurt Candler for us? Yeah, well, I, I will in half a second. I, I've, you said this in the last podcast, and I loved it. It's, it's activating your faith. Yes. Like it's activating that. It's stuck with me from when we talked a couple weeks ago. A couple couple minutes ago. <laughs> a couple minutes for us, a couple of weeks for the listeners. A couple of weeks for the listeners. Uh, Kurt's sitting right here. He is a super close friend. He loves Jesus. He's plugged into this church. Uh, business mindset, entrepreneurial guy. Um, and he started a nonprofit uh, back in 2006. That's uh, right. 410 Bridge, 410410bridge.org, O-R-G. I've been on multiple mission trips with this organization to Haiti and to Kenya. In fact, Kurt and I did a mission trip to Kenya uh, and this this past June, and that's where we really solidified our friendship. But it was incredible; uh, just changed my perspective on friendship, on guys, on Kenya, on being missional, on work and faith integration, and uh, just God is amazing. But um, so glad you're here again. Thanks for part two. That's uh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah. This is going to be good. So, if we jump right in, let's just talk about this idea of why do we think that men aren't more active in their faith. And before you, sorry for, before you no. answer that, I know you well, and you're a red and you're a driver, and but you're passionate and speak your heart. Don't feel, sometimes you and I've had so many conversations over breakfast and you'll like, feel like you gotta be kind of soft because like, you don't want to offend any, you're not gonna offend people here. You're passionate. You want guys to activate their faith because you care about them and you care about the kingdom. So you be you. Oh yeah, and our listeners are real men. They get it. These are these are mostly guys already in groups, and so they really do. Um, yeah, they can handle it. Well, that's another thing that, frankly, at this particular season, I'm real I'm real passionate about is is our culture today. 
we don't have open debate. We're not able to disagree without one of the parties being offended. And if they're offended, then all of a sudden they vilify you and everybody that believes the same thing you do. And I'm, I'm real like, I just tired of that. Isn't, aren't we all just getting sick and tired of all this division? I mean, and so, yes, we are are just, (laughs) just tired of it. And, um, and it's okay to argue. It's it's okay okay. to to have a different opinion. You can argue and be nice and be okay with other people. Right. Uh, so, um, so I appreciate that. I, I'll, I'll try to be candid, but you know, sometimes I'm just super sensitive, especially in this culture that, that they were currently in, that it seems like everything has to be just measured, sure. uh, where you can't just speak your mind and you speak your heart, um, because people are offended. So hopefully nobody gets offended, but we, we got a guy here sitting on my left that will can edit. edit. Yeah. 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 So if you say anything truly, I didn't yeah. even really need to throw that preface or caveat out there because he'll just clip it if it's too offensive. So you yeah. be you. Yeah, I will. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. People say to me all the time, you know, I, I tell them, I said, look, I'm God's gifted me with a limited vocabulary, which makes me <laughs> a very direct and blunt. And they say, oh no, Kurt, you should be really direct. Yeah. We feel good about that. You know, until I am. Whoa, whoa, that guy runs a ministry. Take it easy. Escalating quickly. Well, what's on your heart? What is, what is brewing in you to, to, what do you want to see from men? Well, that's a good question. I, 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 I guess I would say it in terms of what I observe, um, that I find frustrating. Um, I have a, I just have a real heart for men struggling to live out their faith because there's something that is tying them down is holding them back in some way. And it, there's just a litany of reasons, time, money, uh, fears, whatever. Um, but I also, uh, we, we, you mentioned it at the beginning, you know, this phraseology of how do we, uh, it seems like men, um, in my experience in small groups and in men's groups and wherever are really comfortable with being nouns, Christian nouns. And that means I am a Christian. Hmm. Everything's fine. I believe um, but the Bible's filled with action verbs, <laughs> right? It is. And, uh, let's go, let's go do something. And, and everybody says, well, of course, Kurt, you, you think that because you started 410 bridge and you built this brick building in Uganda and that launched. Now you're helping hundreds of thousands of people. I'm not talking about that. I, yeah. I don't do any of that. Yeah. I, I'm just a guy trying to do the next right thing that God wants me to do and, and trust him with the results. And sometimes they're I get it right. Most of the time I probably don't, but let's just stop being nouns. Let's stop having our Christianity or our noun like Christianity be reflected in our lack of generosity, both of our resources and our time, um, uh, in our families, um, at work. I mean, there's just so many aspects of our lives where we can be verbs and be attractive. One of my things my wife told me years ago is that, you know, you know, when, when we want to be as a family, we want to be really attractive to non-believers. Absolutely. And how do we, how do we do that? And, and, add, and do that in a sincere way. And, um, boy, that just shaped, I think how we, uh, modeled our marriage, how we modeled raising our children. We want to just be attractive and not in a superficial materialistic or whatever word is way. We want to be just real. And like people want people to say, you know, gosh, I don't, agree with everything they agree, but I sure want to be like them, right? I want a family like they have. Can I, can I inject something? Cause I want the listeners to know, I know this about you. 
and I want them to know it because they could, could interpret something differently. This isn't like self-righteous, pharisaical, yeah. like it, it, it's you are walking the walk and you're not expecting everybody to go start a nonprofit. No. It's just you so care about people living fully alive in Christ, men f- living fully alive in Christ in their call, unique calling. And you just you care about the kingdom. So I know that about you, but guys that are listening could maybe hear, oh, well, of course, that guy mm-hmm. went and started a nonprofit and has 150 employees and they're in five countries. It's really just you being obedient step after step after step after step. Absolutely. I feel like that last three minutes of you talking was worth the price of admission for this entire <laughs> podcast. I wish I had been taking notes. Um, but especially, you know, for the guy who hasn't listened to part one yet, um, that especially um, because you started this not when you had it figured out and not w- on this spiritual high moment, you started this in in your words during a, a dumpster fire of a of a career um, of an economic situation, of um, knowing what the next step was and the goal. Um, you didn't have the 10-year the plan figured out, um, but, you, but you felt pulled toward an action and um, without everything solved, took the next right step. And that's incredible. And I've learned firsthand that God rewards obedience. He just rewards wow. it. And um, that next right thing is a walk of obedience. So, um, I mean, guys, I talk to guys all the time and they're always asking me, well, how do you know if it's the next right thing or not? It's mm, a great question, and, really. It's great and, it, question. It's, and I think they're trying to sometimes boil the ocean of the next big thing. Sure. Um, it's the next right thing. It's, it's the next step. Not and the next big thing, no, the next not, right thing. You don't have to have it all figured out. That doesn't mean don't misunderstand. Doesn't mean don't go plan for the future. Doesn't mean don't don't have a plan. Doesn't mean don't don't live fatalistically. None of that. It just means you know in your heart the next right thing to go do. And if you have a broken relationship with somebody, you know the next right thing to go do is to have that hard conversation with somebody. Go have it. Just go have it, or try to go have it. Um, it's not always easy, but it's not also a huge step. And uh, little baby steps mm. along the way get you to a place where I mean I. I'm sorry. I, I step back. I sit back, and I'm just amazed. I'm just, I'm just speechless with what God has done through this little ministry here in Alfred, Georgia. The the impact that it's had on, over for the last 14 years is incredible. It's just crazy. And all you're doing is the next right thing, trying to figure out the next right thing to go do. And then it's just because again, you and I have had m- multiple conversations about this, and I know this about you. When you say He will bless that, or I can't remember. Rewards but, obedience. Rewards obedience. This is not a prosperity gospel or let's let's turn God into a genie and rub the lamp just the right way. It's it's when you are out there, and you are now. If you're a Christian, you're now. There's there's a whole positional thing through salvation that you have with God with that. But then when you are a verb and you are out there and you are horizontally loving the world for his kingdom, there is absolute blessing, not prosperity, but just blessing mm-hmm. and just hearing your story, knowing all the details over the last 14 years, how God has just blown up your faith in a good way, in a huge way, because you've taken that step and then something good has happened and taken a step and something as good has happened. And it's not specifically for you, although sometimes, and sometimes for Eric and sometimes for your kids, it's for the village in Q in Kenya Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or in Haiti, you know, the multiple places you guys are in Haiti or Guatemala or all of it. So it's, it's not a prosperity thing. It's a Oh my goodness. I can't believe God 
has used me in my obedience to blow this up in the world in a good way. Yeah, and I, I'm glad you clarified that because that is the last thing that I would mean. I'm not, I'm not doing the next right thing for what it can give me. I'm, I'm doing it because I, I, I love what he's done for me. I mean, I, it, what's the next right thing he wants me to go do is the least I can go do. I mean, so... Um, I hear two things that when you pray all the time, I love this. Such a grateful heart. Like you're like out of a, you're so grateful for what he's done. And then number two, what a privilege and honor it is to serve him in that way. Like you're just, you're, every time I hear you pray, you're like, oh man, I am blown away that you would I'm use me. Away. I'm right. Really. I'm just a guy. I'm just, I'm just a guy. Uh, I tell people, people tell me I got to quit saying this, but I, I, you know, I'm a D student just trying to do the next right thing. Right. I'm just a guy. <laughs> <There's> <laughs> and hope. I don't mean that in any other way than anybody can do this. Anybody can do the next right thing, whether it's volunteering in your church. I've been parking cars at church here for, I don't know, 20 years. I just love it. Uh, well, what's keeping us from doing the next right thing? Yeah, what is that? You you kind of alluded, you said fears and you said whatever, there's a lot of things, but let's dig into that. What do you think, what do you think are some of those reasons why guys don't do that? As I talk to men, um, I wonder if they don't hide behind, I don't, I don't know what I should go do. Um, or they hide behind, things are pretty good right now, why would I want to disrupt that? Like a lack of clarity about the next step. I know, I know I mean, for, sure, Kurt, for you, it's great. You knew what to go do. You were supposed to go build a building sure. and the, the skies opened and the trumpets blared and the angels sang and a deep voice came and you said, go build a big... No, it wasn't that way. I just knew, convicted in my heart. They, men know. Yeah. They know. If they're honest with themselves, they know that I should go and just volunteer at church and be a host at one of the doors. Yeah. <laughs> or, I mean, really go invest in um, the youth and the kids' ministry some way, or we'll do something. Gosh, I know there's a couple, even you just saying those things is bringing a couple of things to mind for me that get in the way. One is just waiting for the perfect, most optimal situation to present itself. Um, you know, know, knowing, as I'm talking to you guys, that, you know, I'll never know what that optimal situation is if I don't take a step. Um, but it's just such an easy excuse or a rationalization to be like, well, I'm not quite ready. Another time would be better. Um, if I just had this, then I could do whatever. You know, I'm in, uh, and I think I'm always, because of what I do now and kind of the size of 410, the impact, it just seems like it's out of reach for most men. But, you know, even in, in some groups I've been in where um, it's time to pray and there's some men that are just fearful about praying. Sure. I know, I think I know, maybe I don't, but I, I would hope in their heart is, in their soul is a stirring that I would just really love to pray, but I'm afraid of the judgment. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid that I'm not gonna pray well. Fear of failure. I'm afraid, I'm, I don't know what my wife's gonna think if I pray, right? Just pray. Yes. Just pray. Just Golly, man. Just pray one time. I remember the Look, first time I prayed, I was scared to death. Of course you don't. Right. I was. Right. I was. I was oh. probably about 15, 16. Prayed out loud. Really? 15. Yeah. Oh, so scared. And I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I know. A, I'm not fearful of a whole lot. I'm a driver and I'm like, but I was so scared because I'm, I had never done it. And there's I was scared always, of being judged. Everything you said. Two scary al- things. There's always a first step, next right thing to go do that, mm-hmm. that's going to make us afraid and uncomfortable in some way because it's, that's why it's the right thing to go do. You should go do that. Yeah. 
And it could be as simple as praying. And, uh, and I think you're exactly right. It might be a, just a small, a very small step that we feel in our heart, and we let um, the idea of a bigger step scare us away from the smaller step. Mm. It's like, oh, man. So true. What a trick. It's like a trick we fall for. Over and over and over. Over and over and over. Yeah. And I absolutely. know that there's probably a lot of um, guys that are new to their faith. Uh, they're trying to figure it out. And to me, the beautiful part about it is you don't have to have it all figured out to do the next right thing. Um, and when there's confusion, when there's conflict, when there's disagreement, when there's a dark time of some sort, uh, a problem, you, you know the right thing to go do. Just just go do that. That's so good. So for the men in our lives, if we move toward the practical and how do we help those around us, how do we let them help us? Um, how, how do we encourage a guy in our group? Um, I don't know, to, to even ask the question, what's, what's the next right thing? Um, or to take a step of, of the next right thing. I think you guys did a podcast. I don't know. You, you, I don't know how long ago it was, but I, I think it was on one, one, of, one of your fully alive man podcasts where you said, "What would you tell your eighteen-year-old self?" Oh is yeah, that, we that asked, question? Oh, that that question is eventually for you <clears throat> yeah. as a guest, but you can answer it oh, now. What oh, really? would you tell your twenty-year-old self? Yeah, what do I? You know, it's get over myself. <laughs> oh wow! And oh gosh, the twenty-year-old self. Ah, I cringe. <laughs> oh man, I'd love to see. <laughs> yeah. Did you have just did, did you have a mullet though? No, no. Oh no. gosh, no. No, <laughs> I was a Florida guy, so I had a big long hair, big, big hair dude, but it was kind of wavy. Although, okay. no, I was I was pretty attractive. <laughs> Thank you for that visual. <laughs> I was pretty hot. I was pretty hot. <laughs> we actually over the Christmas break we went and did uh, went and looked back at old family videos with our kids from wow. when they were from birth on and man it was oh my gosh. I was so young and thin. <laughs> Cringy. Um but I think uh Get over your, get over ourselves. Yeah. I mean, it, we live in, we live in fear of this comparison trap that we talk about. We live in fear of what other people are going to think if we go do something that's just a little bit weird. We're, we're, we live in fear of offending people. We live in fear of disagreement, um, that may damage relationship. And, you know, I, I do too, right? We all do. Mm -hmm. Um, but get over your, get over yourself. That's really good. Uh, give give someone the permission to ask you hard questions. Um, ask for permission <laughs> from somebody repeatedly, uh, not just once. Yeah, like one of the key. things, one of the tricks that I uh, I've learned over the years is um, somebody says to me, "Well, Kurt, what do you think I should do?" Um, I said, "Well, before I answer that, let me let me ask you two questions. Um, one is, do you trust me?" Do you, do you, do you know that I love you? And I'm really going to give you an answer. And, um, That's a great question. And, um, because I'm going to, I'm going to give you the unvarnished truth. Do you, are you prepared to hear it and know that it's coming from a place, not of judgment or not of. It's for you. Of, I'm for uh, you. I'm for you. Right. I, I'm for you. And, um, yeah. And are you willing to take a step? Is it something action oriented? I've got, I'm just, we're just kind of brainstorming on this, right? I, I, I think, um, for the men that are listening that are leaders, I think a great, great question is to ask the men in their group, I'd love to give you some coaching, some feedback, what I think a next step is for you. 
I mean, you're leading a group you're for a reason. You know, we trust you as a leader. We trust you to spiritually be leading that men's group. So go ahead and ask the guys in your group, man, I would love to speak into you. And it could be a one-on-one instead of in, t- in front of the entire group of guys, but just pouring into somebody that way, I mean, good night. I would love to get that unfiltered, candid feedback from from my men's group leaders. Absolutely. Okay, so <clears throat> I'll try to make this brief, but you know, I'm a I'm a firm believer with 410 Bridge that the 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 issue of poverty is not a material problem; it's a worldview problem. And the way that I explain it is, is that we all have this uh, story that we believe to be true, um, and that story drives the choices that we make, and those choices that we make drive the behaviors that we have. And what we've learned over the years, as it relates to people living in extreme poverty, is is that story that they believe to be true has more to do with whether or not they will flourish or thrive than really anything else, resources, conditions, no no, any of that. So we talk about that a lot, but then what do you go do about it? Uh, so the same thing is, is true here to me. Is I, if I were thinking about leaders of small groups, of men's, men's groups, you first have to earn the right to be heard. Mm-hmm. Very similar to us in our communities, we have to earn the right to be heard because we're just outsiders coming into their community. So you have you earned the right to be heard with men And once you've earned that right to be heard, meaning you've spent time and you've observed some things, then the the question is um, less about, I think, can I speak into what I see? Excuse me. It's less about what uh, can I speak into what I see and more about why do you believe that this story that you're living out is true? Um, Because the choices that you're making, let's just take an example of a guy that, I'm going to offend somebody, I'm sure, but uh, that plays golf every Saturday and takes all day, right? Why do, why do you believe it to be true that that is a choice you should be making at this time in your life with your kids a certain mm-hmm. age and, you know, all, so, something that inquires of them to self-evaluate as opposed to be told what I observe? I think I think that men respond better to being drawn out out of mm-hmm. and acknowledging or recognizing, self-recognizing a problem than uh, being, having someone observe that it, that it were true. Like I would have loved the guys in my CEO peer group to have asked me the questions of Kurt, why are you making that decision? Mm-hmm. Um, where does that decision lead you to? If it goes well, it goes well. If it doesn't, where will that go? Is that, is that the story you want to be told? Um, and that just takes time for leaders to get to the point where they have the trust of their guys. Um, and that means you got to spend time. The Rex. next right thing for a lot of these leaders is to go and spend one-on-one time with, with some of their guys and learn about their lives. It definitely takes reps. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think also to, to what both of you have been saying the last few minutes, um, I think at the same time, and, and you mentioned it a minute ago, it's giving, it's giving, it's not just, um, with the plan of asking another guy hard questions, um, it's giving him permission to ask hard questions of us. Mm-hmm. And I think we, I think we gain trust in that as well. Like, Hey, we are in this together. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go first. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're in this together. Yeah. That's really, that's really good. I love that too. What you did, you're just making me think about that, Kurt. It's, it's knowing my personality and maybe this is just a man thing altogether, but, I'd much rather be asked those questions that get me looking up to the sky to start thinking and my brain starts rolling and, hmm, where's this going to lead me as opposed to, man, you golf too much. 
on Saturday. Right. So that's uh, that's great. Because they may not even want to answer it in the moment, but they're going to be thinking about it. Yeah. Uh, even in their in, in their quietest times, right? In their driving to work or laying in bed or whatever, they may be thinking about the question you ask them that they didn't want to respond to, but they're going to be thinking about it. And hopefully it changes the story they believe to be true and it changes the choices they make. Yeah, it gets those questions get around the defensiveness or or the um, immediate offensiveness um, that can come back with, with something that feels like an accusation or feels shame-producing in some sort or of way. Or superior in some way, right? It Absolutely. feels like, well, I'm better than you. That's none yeah, of that. We're in this. It's because like, um, we love each other. We want we want what's best for each other. Not We don't want anything from it, from them. We want something mm-hmm. for them. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I love that steps of, um, getting over yourself and it, mm-hmm. when you get over yourself, it helps you get past the fear and giving someone permission to ask hard questions and asking for permission to ask hard questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like all of us can, um, I don't know, all of us can, can take a baby step toward those things. Mm-hmm. Um, probably today in, in one way or another, why wait? Do the next right thing. Do the next right thing. I wonder if this is a too too goofy of a question, but maybe not. If guys have listened to this podcast, and they're going to have a discussion with their group about it. Hey, be honest with me. Um, I know noun wise, I'm a Christian. We all know that. But verb wise, what do you see me verbing out in life or living out in life? And where do you see me where I could take a step and be a stronger verb yeah. in my Christian walk? Yeah, that's good. I like that. Or maybe, in, in other words, how do you see me activating my faith, my belief? Even better. Um, I kind of got confused with my verbish. <laughs> yeah. And, and, I like that better. Yeah. And don't don't settle for BS. Yeah. Well, you know, it's cool that we meet together. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. How do you really see <laughs> exactly. me activating my faith? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that can be challenging for some guys, but okay. Well, I mean, we and we kind of lived it out here in the last two podcasts, like, because we're launching these multiple mission uh, groups in October to Kenya and we had slots for 50 and now we have slots for 49 cause Lee cause Lee's committed yeah. right to, and I'm either bringing my wife or my kids. So 48, 48 <laughs> slots left guys. There's no problem. But I mean, that's a great, that's a great example. I mean, you, we, we took in June, we took seven guys from the marketplace yeah. um, and had, you know, they had an amazing experience uh, to see God at work in ways that will impact their walk when they get back. Every one of them. They didn't go over there to solve a problem. They got up, they got, they were just a small mosaic in the big, small piece of the large mosaic that God's working in those people's lives, but they got to be a part of that. And, um, uh, that's just a, that's just one step. It, it you know, it's not a check the box. I did a mission trip right. and now I don't have to do that the rest of my life. It's just one more step of activating your faith and being a verb. Men are the hardest, hardest demographic, if you will, to go on a mission trip. They'll be happy to help fund others to go or pray for others, but they come up with all the excuses in the world. But if they could just go and see how they can um, share with a marketplace professional or an entrepreneur, I should say, in in Kenya um, and see how they can share their faith and see and build relationship with somebody in a marketplace context they're going to be blown away with that. Um, and I, I, I'm just here to tell you, I got, I've heard every excuse in the books of why, in the book of why, why people can't go. And ultimately, is this something we're going to talk about or is this something we're going to do something about? Yeah. That's a Ross Perot 
quote from that's really good though it's kind of like our excuses are like you know something in my head after i give an excuse is is that good enough can i leave now (laughs) (laughs) we're not gonna keep talking about this are we (laughs) right yeah yeah uh that's amazing this is really good um guys we will we will have these questions in the show notes um, because it will do you good um, to be asking these questions of yourself and of the guys in your group mm-hmm. and, and giving um, guys permission to ask you those questions. And again, if you, if you haven't heard Kurt's story, go back to part one and listen to that. It'll provide a ton of context and, um, and it's a great story. It's worth, it's worth the listen um, just for the story. Well, we always ask our guests three questions um, when we have them on the podcast. One, you've already answered. Um, what would you tell your 20-year-old self? Get over yourself, yeah. <laughs> which which is wisdom. And my that, 30-year-old that self and my probably 40-year-old <laughs> self. <laughs> tell my last week's self yeah. uh, that same thing. Um, another question we ask is, what are you currently reading or learning? Well, um, I don't know that I'm currently reading it, but I just recently read it. And this was a fairly old book. It's about 25 years old. It's called Discipling Nations. And it is this whole idea of um, worldview and um, the difference between a secular worldview, kind of an animistic worldview, and a, and a theistic worldview, and how that impacts whether or not a people, group of people or people will thrive and flourish or not. Wow. Uh, and uh, it's a fascinating book for me and in, in 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 my world because of kind of what we do mm-hmm. but uh who wrote about, it um darrow miller darrow miller discipling, discipling nations. nations i want to check it out yeah that's yeah. cool um and the and the third question is what is your frivolous hundred dollars or less purchase you would make right now oh uh you send me to bass pro and I only have a hundred. <laughs> I mean, I just for Christmas, my, my beautiful soulmate wife, Erica Candler, who is the most amazing mm-hmm. gift giving wife ever in the history of the universe, got me a low rants, uh, HDI seven live, uh, with a three in one transducer that I can see the bottom of the lake. And are you freaking see it? Fishing. I'm a okay. fishing. I got hundred bucks on fishing is wow. without even, without even thinking about it. It's a sickness. That's really. awesome. Yeah. It's a sickness. Good yeah. for you. Yeah, it's not, That's it's a, not healthy. It's a relatively healthy sickness. There's worse sicknesses. <laughs> there probably are. I've yeah. heard of them. Yeah. Um, well, that was awesome. Kurt, we can't thank you enough, uh, for being with us, for hanging out with us, for, for being friends with Doug. Um, <laughs> thank you. And he for, needs friends. <laughs> thank you. And for sharing wisdom. Um, not not just with us, but with the guys who are listening. And, and hopefully this will move guys to action. And we'll see more Christian men um, doing Christian man as a verb more than a noun. And, and that would be incredible. Um, so guys, as, as always, we want you to, um, you know, do something with this. But, but ask yourself at the same time... Um, as I listen to this podcast, as I listen to these ideas, what does this mean for me personally? Um, then ask, what am I going to do about it? And as a group, um, how can we help? How can the guys in your group um, help you with, with whatever it is you're learning or what's churning inside of you? Um, and just so you guys know, I, I, I asked Kurt to come on this uh, podcast. I was like, man, you got to come on here and talk about some of this stuff. It's so good. And, um, 
So this next plug is not an ask for him. I'm making the ask. And that's if you want to join this mission trip in October, we really do have um, dozens of slots for men who love Jesus, who are dialed into this church, and they want to go um, and do something about integrating work and faith in Kenya. That's going to be in October, but just uh, let us Come know. On, groups. Come, Come on, groups. Come on, men's groups. Let's step up. <laughs> Let's do this. Um, I might see you there. <laughs> no, you're committed. Once you those words, this are is out. fantastic. If you're scared, just say you're scared. Lee. I will never. Anyway, we're gonna leave you with a section by our very good friend, our sage, our wise, older figure man, John Woodall, in the section we like to call "Wisdom from the Woods." So guys, one of the things I want to talk about and think about with you for these couple of minutes is this idea of temptation or being tempted. Have you been tempted lately? Have you faced a kind of temptation? Uh, One of the things that I've noticed uh, walking with God for over 50 years now is temptation is something that is common to all of us, and it comes in many different ways many different styles. It made me think about the temptation of Jesus. If you want to read about it sometime, it's in Matthew chapter 4. Very interesting passage. It says, when Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, Jesus Christ himself was tempted by the devil. And so I recognize that we are in good company whenever we're facing temptations. You guys may know the story. He was tempted in three ways. One of the first ways the devil said to Jesus is, hey, command these stones to be turned to bread. Uh, He knew that Jesus had fasted for many, many days and nights. He was hungry. And he goes, if you're the son of God, turn these things into, turn these stone into bread. And guys, here's what I want you to think about. Every single temptation that was thrown at Jesus Christ His response, his reply was, it is written. To the first temptation, he said from Deuteronomy chapter 8, man does not live on bread alone. The devil tempted it a second time and says, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down from the pinnacle of this temple. And once again, Jesus said, it is written. You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. The devil tried it one more time. He said, hey, if you fall down and worship me, I'll give you all these nations and kingdoms. And Jesus Christ said, it is written. Deuteronomy 6, it is the Lord God you shall fear, and him you shall serve. So my question to us today is not, are you being tempted? Because we are being tempted, and we are being tempted on a regular basis. My question is, how are you handling the temptation? I encourage you to spend time in the Word of God that you can say to the one who is tempting you, it is written. And I think that you and I will find much more encouragement, much more strength to withstand that temptation that's going to come to all of us all the time. Think about that. That was Wisdom from the Woods. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. As always, please subscribe, 
please rate us with five stars and thank you for listening. <laughs>